Mr. Bennett, I'm trying to get a page on here. Yeah, what are you trying to do over there? Well, okay. You got the very intense face before you hit the button, so. I can't do it. Oh. So you can take us out. I got it. So what's wrong with the Timberwolves last night, Myron? They look good. I mean, they lost by one to a Brooklyn Nets team that wasn't even 100%. They, they got pushed around. Uh, to me, they're a good, they're a really good team, really good offensive team. But like Jimmy Butler is so critical for what they do defensively, and and, and he he just needs help. Like yeah. I think I think they're to the point now. I don't think they're complacent as much as it's he's so good and he's been so good. It's kind of mm-hmm. like pass him the cape, mm-hmm. and 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 he'll save the day. Mm-hmm. And I just think that's a really dangerous attitude for any team. But especially a team with all these young guys. I mean, Brooklyn's a team that that's the kind of team that they should beat by double digits in the situation they're in. If they're if they're legitimately a a team that can win a playoff series. And they just didn't have him. I mean, Wiggins, there were a lot of plays late he didn't have make. Carl Towns defensively continues to struggle. I, Tyus Jones had a great game. Um but I just think they're gonna be in trouble in the playoffs if they rely so much on Jimmy Butler, especially on the defensive end. By the time I clicked over to it, all I got was the post game, and I saw uh, the coach talking. Yeah, and uh, he amuses me. Yeah, uh, as a uh, uh, as a sulking Hulk, who uh, he reminds me of Belichick. Yeah, that's that, a good comparison. That he's uh, uh, monotone, uh, doesn't give you much. And uh, I, I don't know what to make of him. I don't know what to make of him. I, I think his reputation is he's a, he's a pretty stern coach. I mean, a lot of people in Chicago thought that that was kind of his issue. Like he didn't have that kind of warm personality they wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that's why Jimmy Butler helps him so much. He has kind of that that, that sort of hard hardened exterior. Mm-hmm. Um, and Butler kind of is the guy that allows him to coach that way and well, not Butler be viewed seems as too happy. tough. Oh, I think he's in his... Thibodeau, I, is that his name, Thibodeau? Yeah, I think it's perfect. He doesn't seem happy at all about anything. Yeah, I, I think he... I think that's his personality, but I think he's happy, much happier with Gibson and Butler on the roster. He's just trying to get some of those other young guys to get what they have and get some of that toughness. In, in the game last night, the Nets... We're literally pushing them around. I mean, at one point, Quincy AC is throwing elbows and knocking guys to the ground, and they kind of got punked a little bit. Because, mm-hmm. again, Jimmy Butler hides a lot of their weaknesses, mm-hmm. and he makes them look tougher than they really are. Okay. And I just felt like yesterday was a game where they're kind of struggling, and they're just kind of going, well, Jimmy will save us, and he couldn't. Mm-hmm. And, and if they think they're going to win a playoff series like that, they got another thing coming. I wonder if they got to Boston. I wonder if they went last night. Good question. Uh, because the uh, bomb cyclone is hitting the East Coast, I think the Bruins game has already been canceled tomorrow night. They're canceling everything, and and Timberwolves are supposed to play the Celtics tomorrow yep. night. Do we know if that's been canceled? Not to my knowledge. I mean, it would make sense for them to get there last night. Yeah, because um, the airports were closed. Everything today. they're shutting down there. It's a foot of snow or something's coming. Yeah, is that what they're if, saying? If that, but Dave Dahl just alluded to the fact that. It's 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 lessening now and maybe moving offshore. So maybe they'll be. Spared. What's lesser than a bomb cyclone? What do we what do we call <laughs> no. it? A small a hand, bomb, a grenade, hand grenade, 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 cyclone? Cyclone? Hand grenade syndrome. Yeah. You all see the Washington Post uh, piece? No. What? Dear Northerners, 
please uh, shut up about you know how well you handle yeah. the cold weather. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. Dear Northern. Like, here's my thing. It goes both ways. Like, I understand the whole you get upset that people who deal with this weather kind of brag about how easy it is and how much trouble you're having. At the same time, you see some of these guys trying to prepare for snow, and they shut down life. Yeah. They shut down. I took off from a, in a blizzard from MSP. Like it was like blizzard conditions. We took off in a flight. <laughs> These guys can't move. Mm-hmm. A couple inches of snow. They're paralyzed. I mean, literally everything. I got friends on Facebook who are tweet or who are putting out pictures of snow and saying, can't do anything today. Stuck inside. Well, you get far enough down, Savannah, Charleston, Tallahassee, they don't have any equipment. They don't have snow plows. Yeah. Shouldn't somebody have a couple? Maybe you should keep two or three. Yeah, like shouldn't you have? Shouldn't somebody have a little bit of salt pole building? Yeah, there should be uh, twelve shovels. Buy, come up here and buy our used ones. Bingo. Yeah. Right. Right. Why wouldn't you have a couple? I don't understand why you don't have a couple of them. It's bad planning. At least salt. They don't have salt. You think anybody in the state of Florida owns a snowblower? No. You wouldn't really need to. Because even the stuff that fell fell in Tallahassee, that'll be gone tomorrow or the next right. day. But do you know how much money you'd make if you had one and you rented it out? Yeah. If so you're, you're the guy who bought one? So you're saying Fratelloni wouldn't make a buck at a store in Tallahassee. Hey, I, just had, I think I just had a million dollars That's idea. a great idea. Become a snowplower broker in the South. You're going to be the middleman. Yeah. You need a plow? I'll get you a plow. Use I can get you a plow by 3 o'clock. That's, or how about a mobile, like a mobile... Uh, you have a bunch of um, snow throwers on your truck, yeah. and you would just travel. Bingo. You wouldn't be able to use them every week, no. but when you need them, they would they be at there. a premium. They would be at a premium. Perfect. Because they pay top dollar right now to get to them. Heck yes. Well, they don't have anything. Uh, the Wilder at home tonight, that game's not at all threatened. They're here, so they're playing. Uh, who are they playing tonight? Uh, Sabres, and they're horrible. Buffalo. Yeah, they're yeah. horrible. At the bottom, at the bottom of the... Uh, Standings, I think. Right? They got the Eichel, though. Isn't Eichel supposed to be a world beater? We don't want to stumble into we don't know anything again. So we're going to be. No, just, I know that it's Buffalo. Buffalo's it's Buffalo. bad. It's Buffalo yeah. and they're bad. Yeah. yeah, they are bad. But it, and it's the first game in the wild to be healthy, 100%. Yeah. Right? It's the first. So who sits out? You got Niederreiter back, Parisi's back. I wonder who sits. I don't know. But they'll win either way. I mean, this is not a. Should be an easy win, you would think. Well, this is the stretch that they have to win. Yeah. Uh, tell us who's coming up to join us. Caleb Truax, a local boxer at Osseo, Minnesota, who just went over to fight James DeGaul and won a world uh, super middleweight championship in a huge, huge, huge upset. And where was that fight? Uh, they fought in England. Oh, yeah? So, you know, it was he was kind of the guy who was brought in to just be an in-between tune-up guy for this James DeGaul guy who's a mm-hmm. big-time fighter. And uh, Caleb put hey, a whooping him. on him. Beat wow. him. Beat him very – beat him badly and – Won the decision, and now he set him up, set himself up for a really big fight. And what he wants to do, and we'll talk to him about it, is he wants to bring a title fight here. All right, he's joining us next. That didn't hurt back. Yeah. Now he's worried. You're cutting. You're hurting. You see? You see? He's not a machine. He's a man. Back on the show, we have uh, a special guest. He hails from Osseo, Minnesota. I bet he's never heard this song before. No, either. no. <laughs> hails from Osseo, Minnesota. Uh, played a couple sports there, football. Got into boxing. 
just went overseas a couple weeks ago to London and fought a guy, James DeGale, who who was the 2008 gold medal winner in in those Olympics, guy who had one previous loss. Uh, Caleb Truex was brought in basically as a tune-up guy, and he won. So introducing the IBF super middleweight champion of the entire world, Caleb Truex. How you doing, man? I'm doing good, man. What's going on? Good, good. Let me just tell you something, man. So, you know, I'm a big boxing fan. Caleb is a friend of mine. Yeah. We have fight parties, and I go over his place. And well, you're, you're basically guys taking business. credit for his success. Well, is that what it I, is, Myron? I, I, I did give him a couple tips before the fight, didn't I, Caleb? Yeah, you did, man. You did. Yeah, I said work the jab. And, but I was watching it, and I was just stunned by how you overwhelmed a guy on his home turf in London. It just seems so confident. Like, where did that come from, man? Man, I, I approached that fight like it was the last big opportunity I would ever have. You know, I, I fought once for the title and came up short in 2015. And, and most guys, you know, don't get one shot at a title and, and uh, even less get, get two shots at a title. And so I approached it like it was the last big shot I was ever going to uh, get. And I just went over there with confidence. My My coach... Uh, Tom Hall said drew up a, a great game plan, and my team uh, just we, they were 100 percent confident in me. I was I was confident in myself, and uh, everything just worked, man. It just clicked, and and I negated pretty much everything he was able to do, and and everything that I tried to do or had a plan on doing uh, before the fight just worked. You you don't seem like the kind of guy who is rattled easily, but he said no, some no. things before the fight uh, about looking ahead to his next opponent and. Planning his future fights. I mean, he looked he looked past you, and it seemed like that upset you. I mean, did that contribute to kind of the energy you brought into the fight? Yeah, it, uh, it definitely uh, gave me some uh, uh, bulletin board material, as they say, and and uh, fueled my fire a little bit. And you know, I, I'm uh, you know, th- there's always trash talk in, in press conferences and, and weigh-ins and stare downs and stuff like that, which is fine. That doesn't upset me because I do it as well, you know. But uh, he really upset me when he was he was just really dismissive, you know, like not even thinking about me. Basically, he was talking about who he's going to fight next and how much money he's going to make in 2018. And and even at the press conference, him and his promoter over there, Frank Warner, are talking about who he wants to match up with next. I'm looking down the table. I'm like, man, you got to fight in three days with me. You better worry about me instead of <laughs> instead of who you want to fight next. And uh, yeah, he definitely he definitely overlooked me and, and it came back to bite him. Does that now that delays his payday? What's it do for you? Uh, well, right now they're talking about uh, a rematch with with uh, James DeGale in uh, in the uh, spring, hopefully the end of March or start of April. And and I thought uh, I thought I was going to end up having to go back to England to to uh, for a rematch, but it sounds like they they might try to do it here in Minnesota, which would be huge, and and it'd be on Showtime, I believe. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm waiting to get word, and and uh, hopefully I'll find out in about the next week or two, but, uh, yeah, it's safe to say I'll be making a lot more money this time than I did when I went over there. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. No, no I was just going to say, yeah. Well, I was going to say, go, cash in. Caleb, you ever heard the show before? <laughs> yeah, I have, definitely, yeah. Yeah, well, that was rookie. just blurted out, yeah. <laughs> What's up, so bro? You want to go? Bring it over. Let's pay, go, bro. Don't pay any attention to him. <laughs> you got a left-handed Polish guy right here, one-two punch. Uh, Caleb, the fight's got to be here. It you're, should be here. You're in the driver's seat now. Yeah. Oh, the reason why I thought I'd have to be back there is is because the market over there is so strong. Um, you know, boxing is one of their major sports, so I figured that uh, um, you know the pay would be a lot more 
over there. But uh, it sounds like Showtime wants to do the fight, um, and hopefully here in Minneapolis. So that would that be huge at at, at uh, here at home. And and that was one of my goals when I first started boxing is to to bring a championship fight here to Minneapolis. What, what, and uh, hopefully, hopefully we're able to make it happen. Was the last one uh, Ali versus uh, uh, what's the guy's name? No, uh, uh, the last what the last big Champion, fight the here? Big, yeah, the last been Ledoux and Norton, Ledoux, maybe Norton. Okay, Norton, yeah. Norton, yeah. So I mean, it, that could be a special moment, man. If you if you brought the yeah, fight back, and, and I think even, you would pack the that, house. That, that wasn't uh, that wasn't even a championship fight. That was a uh, uh, there might have been some some title on the line. I think Will Grigsby. Uh, from St. Paul had yeah. a championship right here at the at the um, uh, the uh, uh, not Williams Arena but uh, the Pavilion I think yeah. um, back in the day with Don King and and there's only been there's only been four legitimate title holders in Minnesota history it's been me Will Grigsby in like uh, 1999 2000 and then uh, a couple guys Michael Dowd and Johnny Earl back in like the 1915 or 1920 something like that so I always wonder about the belt. Um, I, like I know there's like sort of a replica belt that I think you kind of have like when you're there, but they, do they give you like your own, how does it work? Like, where's the belt? Do you have the official belt now in your possession? Yeah, I have it now. It's kind of funny, funny story. So, um, each fighter gets the belt. You get to keep it forever. You know, now uh-huh. I have that one. I'll be able to keep it forever. And, um, uh, so when, when I fought Dickie Hale in England, he brought his belt to the, uh, to the, um, to the fight and he carries it out, you know, and, and shows it off or whatever. And uh, so after the after the fight, after the decision's done, the the IBF coordinator Eddie Cotton gives it to me. Uh, you know, this is your belt. You won. Blah blah blah. Uh, and so I'm taking pictures with it in the ring. And he comes up to me after about five minutes, and he's like, "All right, we got to take that belt and and give it back to the Gale. It's his." I'm like, "What are you talking about? I just won." <laughs> I'm not get up giving up my belt. You, this is my belt, man. You can't have that. Um, but yeah, they, they mailed it out. Uh, they mailed me on my own, uh, a week, a uh, week later. So I got it and, uh, I get to keep it forever. That's cool that you, you get to keep it. I didn't know that, man. Yeah, you get yeah. to keep it forever. If you get a chance, uh, to, to fight here and I don't know if you'd mm-hmm. fight, I don't know if it'd be target center or wherever. First off, I want to make sure you let me walk out with you because I've always wanted to do that. That's always been a dream of mine. Why in the hell would he let, let me carry you walk out with I'll him? carry something. Hey, buddy. I'll carry something. Part I mean, of the posse. Yeah, I want to be in the posse behind you that Showtime catches me walking behind you and I have a mean face on like I'm a boxer too. I want to be able to do that. But for you, being, I just want to be a ring boy, so let me know. I don't know if they do that. No, but I don't know. They, the they don't. They no, want ring girls. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. I don't know how far we've come in boxing yet. But <laughs> I don't think we're there. But what would it be like for you as a guy who has fought everywhere, been overseas, you fought everywhere from casinos to big-time arenas, but, like, having a fight like that at home, what would that mean to you? It'd be, uh, like I said, that was one of my original goals. I've had some big fights, like some ESPN fights here at the Target Center, at the Convention Center, uh, but nothing nothing that would be this huge, you know. I imagine we'd get a ton of attention uh nationally and internationally now that I have a big following in, in London and, and uh, the guy I'd be fighting is from London. So it would be huge, man. It would be uh, uh, great to fight in front of all my fans that have been so loyal and my family and friends. And it, uh, it's something that I really, really hope can uh, can be made uh, and I don't have to go all the way back over to England. <laughs> Caleb, how old are you now? I'm 34. How's your health? Uh, you know, I'm I'm doing real well. I, uh, for a sport that's as tough as boxing, I've I've been pretty fortunate where I haven't had too many injuries. Um, you know, a few few broken bones here and there, but uh, nothing serious. And 
I uh, I started late. I didn't start till I was 19 years old, so I didn't don't have a lot of the wear and tear that a lot of the guys have on who have been fighting for you know for however many more years. They, a lot of the guys that I fight with have been boxing since they are you know eight years old, and they had you know hundreds of amateur fights where I only had like 30 amateur fights or 35 amateur fights, and now 30 something pro fights. So I don't have a lot of mileage on the on the uh, odometer, but same time I'm getting old, man. I <laughs> I'm uh, not not coming as easy as I used to. I can't lose the weight like I used to, and and uh, uh, a little bit sore when I wake up in the morning after tough workouts. Whereas before, I could just keep on keep on rolling. You think boxing is going to regain the heyday of uh, say thirty years ago? Um, I don't know if we'll ever get back to where what it was there, just because um, it didn't have as much competition back then with the NFL just you know not being as big. But um, it's definitely 2017 was an awesome year. Uh, for boxing, uh, there's some great matchups, and there's some already some good ones on the books for 2018. And and uh, my advisor um, Al Heyman, he and Premier Boxing, they they're doing big things with fights on free TV like Fox and NBC and stuff like that. So that's always good to get uh, you know more casual people watching where they don't have to pay for it on Showtime or pay per view or HBO. So um, I think it's I think it's definitely going the right direction. For people who don't know, Al Heyman is the boxing guru uh, of the current landscape. I mean, he he he's the guy connected to Mayweather, drove Mayweather's career. I mean, if there's a big fighter right now, Al Heyman is connected to him. So that, that's a that's obviously a huge deal. Speaking of Floyd Mayweather, did the Floyd Mayweather Conor McGregor fight help or hurt the game, do you think? Boxing. Um I don't you know a lot a lot of people going into that fight were were saying it was a sideshow, which I thought it was. I mean, it was a joke that, that they were even able to get a sanction, but uh, uh, they were saying that it was going to hurt the sport, and I, and I don't think I, I don't think it hurt it at all. I mean, there was I think the, the numbers just came out. There was like 4.3 million pay-per-view buys, and it was a huge spectacle, even though it was kind of a foregone conclusion who was going to win, in my mind, and anybody that knows boxing's mind. But, uh, um, no, I mean, you, every, anytime you get all those, those viewers and all that attention to a sport, it can't hurt. You know, it wasn't negative attention or anything like that. It was, it was just, uh, uh, it was on all front page news for months, you know, so I don't think there's any way it could have hurt the sport. I agree, man. Hey, definitely want to thank you for your time, man. Really appreciate it. As always, the champion, Caleb Truax. We'll be back after this. Here's John Height. Thank you, Joe. We are at one above a zero in the Twin Cities. Gophers, Big Ten win over Illinois last night, 77-67. The Gophers now 13-3 and on the season, 2-1 and in the Big Ten. The Gophers will play Indiana on Saturday. Wild at home tonight, they are playing Buffalo at the Excel Energy Center. News notes from today, preliminary data show 2017 was the third least deadly year on Minnesota roads since 1924. According to the State Department of Public... No, since 1943... And then 1926, which, which is what I read. You might have a different account. Well, uh, the, it represented the lowest total since 43 yep. and 26. Wow. Yeah. So uh, I find two, that amazing. I don't know why that's not a front-page yeah. story. Yeah. I think oh. it was today, wasn't John, it? John, I really screwed you up, didn't I? I think it was. Wasn't on, it what, on what site? On the Star Tribune. I found it on B3 of the Metro. Oh, perhaps that's where I saw it, too, then. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Uh, the state has kept an official... We t- can't even get that, right? <laughs> Man, I, I, what the hell are you guys even talking about? Hey, 
Kenny, the traffic deaths in Minnesota for 2017 were the lowest or the fewest since 1943. Well, we'll change that this year. Don't yeah. worry. You know what's? Well, depre- I'm not looking to change right. turn things around here right away. What's depressing about that whole thing right there? I brought that story in specifically for the traffic guy. And he doesn't and he, care, does and he? he just said, "What the hell are you guys talking about?" Yeah. <laughs> kind of PO'd it uh, at uh, the crew here that guaranteed me a uh, victory last night for our Timberwolves. I'm looking well, at one. How much you put down? Yeah. Looking at another knucklehead over here with yeah. his mouth agape, and I already rode Manny's ass for about ten minutes. <laughs> did, did you, you parlay that with the over? Is these that dumbbells you buy promised me a victory. Now, if I was the gambling type, yeah. you guys would be missing a knee right now. Yeah, yeah. Frankie the Fish would make a visit. <laughs> what the hell? How do they go in there and lose that? They, we were just talking about it earlier. I, I think they're in a mode where they're just waiting for Butler to save the day in those situations. I mean, that's how they played the entire fourth quarter. Well, was, didn't he have the last shot? He, he did. And it didn't go in. It didn't go in, but yeah. they were playing as if he'll find a way to bail find That's, that's no way to. That's not. Uh, come on, guys. They're not good enough to do that. It's kind of like Kenny during the 3.30 to 4 half hour. Yeah. He's kind of waiting on, you know, Johnny Hyde or Joe <laughs> or Reavers to kind of come through and make it uh, entertaining. What I'm waiting on is the clock for this to be over with. <laughs> Same goes with my my career, by the way. God, can it just be over, please? I feel sorry for everybody who comes in here, like Myron. They got to think, what the hell is wrong with these people? (laughs) What a dysfunctional group of people. I love it. Uh, Speaking of traffic, one woman arrested after leading police on a car chase through South Minneapolis early this afternoon. A Minneapolis police spokesperson said officers began to chase a stolen vehicle at Chicago Avenue South and East 35th Street at about 1.15. Holy crap, that's almost my hood. During the chase, both parked and moving vehicles were damaged. The chase ended in a crash where Hennepin and Lindale Avenues intersect at I-94 in the Lowry Hill neighborhood. A woman taken into custody on warrants. A male passenger in the car was not arrested. A story, uh, Joe, I know you love the post office, as do I. Oh, I so, just live for it. Jack. Yeah, you're going to hate this story. Then. Oh. Sorry. A Polk County mailman yeah. has pleaded guilty to a count of second-degree burglary in connection to an incident on his postal route in February. No. 22-year-old Brian Lewis George Chapman entered the amended plea as part of a plea agreement today. He had pleaded not guilty to that count and a count of bestiality in March. Ooh, what? Took, okay. on the, took on the neighbor dog? Or well, that's, you're exactly correct. Oh, there, yeah. no. Uh, Chapman had been caught on garage surveillance fo- uh, footage engaging uh, in an act with a dog. A mailman? Oh, uh, his postal route. How is the dog? In no, the no, no, no. <laughs> it's still over. Careful. Uh, Polk County, Minnesota? Yeah, that's correct. Pennington Pine, was, Pipestone, Polk, and Pope are your P counties. Was the, uh, was the mailman Wait, wearing what? a mirrored bald helmet? <laughs> Was it was the dog checking its watch? <laughs> I heard Chapman, it was very uh, rough. Oh my goodness! What the hell is wrong with us? Uh, you know, uh, yeah, I'm him. glad you put it that way, Reavers. On this side of the glass, we're fine. Yeah. Uh, Chapman has a hearing, sentencing. Got a hearing. lot of questions. That's March a bad 29th. deal for the mailman. It really know? is. Well, actually, worse what for about the dog. The dog? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares about the dog. The dog didn't sign up for that either, <laughs> did he? Man's best friend yeah. thing is a bunch of BS. Yeah. I'm supposed to be chasing you, but I didn't know this would happen when I caught you. <laughs> Why would a dog be wearing a watch? <laughs> oh, my goodness. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders facing questions again today for the second day in a row about What President kind of dog, I wonder? <laughs> I'm not sure. I mean, I think that, no, seriously, that's no, I, I think reporting you're right. isn't what it used to be. That's a crucial fact. 
Second day in a row about prison. You want to head over there and find no, out? It could I mean, be a real gong show. I mean, what if it was a little corgi or something? Some little poor little animal. <laughs> it's all bad. A yeah. one-hander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I got to go home. Well, what did you expect oh. was going to happen Why the when hell you brought did you this do up? the story? Yeah, well, it was pertinent to the to the something. post office oh. to the post office yeah. there you go thank oh you oh my god anyway uh, 20 more where that <laughs> yeah <laughs> there, is. there is all day long white house press secretary <laughs> one-hander <laughs> you're not here for the mail are you <laughs> right <laughs> White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders facing questions. the dog. The dog going to the post office. The, dog, okay? no, the dog's putting the, uh, the, the stamp on it, sending him so hopefully he'll come by again tomorrow. <laughs> well, I hope Jim comes by with my parcel. You're uh, not here for the mail. Uh, no. <laughs> Sarah Sanders facing questions again today. Sick. About President Trump's mental fitness to serve as president. She's I have a question about that, John. Yes. Did you read that a uh, was either a Harvard or a Yale psychiatrist weighed in? I did see that. Yeah. Isn't that doesn't that violate the sacred oath or what? Don't you take an oath as a doctor or a shrink that you don't you don't offer a prognosis for somebody you haven't examined? Um, good question. But he was invited, apparently, by con- members of Congress. No, it's a she. A she, I'm sorry, yes. Yeah, but she and... didn't examine Trump. No, uh, she gave her opinion yeah. just from his actions or whatever. Mm. That, I thought they not... were not allowed to do that. That I don't know. I don't know at all. But anyway, Sanders saying it's disgraceful and laughable. If it, he was unfit, he wouldn't be sitting here, wouldn't have defeated the most qualified group of candidates the Republican Party has ever seen. The questions came in the wake. Of that uh, picture painted of the president in Michael Wolff's book, Fire and Fury, inside the Trump White House. Sanders said the book is complete fantasy and characterized it as sad and pathetic. If if the material about Trump's diet is true, he really never has learned how to enjoy his money when it comes to dining. He just eats junk. Well, it, he eats and junk. I also <laughs> heard just America. got all the money in the world. He got a chef. But well, I also he heard an account where he is paranoid of being poisoned. He has a serious paranoia about yeah. that. So going to McDonald's, it's all perf- or, uh, it's all made already. But they have a there's a guy though in the White House. There's a taste tester. You know that? I did not know. There's that. a guy. Wait a minute. Who's, wait a minute. He's got to eat the stuff first. Li- seriously, there's yeah. a guy. Yeah, when you job, retire, when you retire, yeah. and I'm fired immediately, like thirty seconds You'd after that, that job. I'm going to the there's White House. There's a guy who travels <laughs> everywhere with every president, and his job is to eat the food. I did sample not know the food that. before. Wow. Yeah, but you know what that means, Rook. If it's poison, you're a goner. I'd be like, well, you sound oh, really bad. I mean, Filet like tenderloin. Yeah. Oh, don't eat this. But there's got to be not. some pride in it, too, I would think. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah. <laughs> Cheated death again. Here we exactly. go. <laughs> it is so cold in Florida. How, How cold, cold is, is it, John? John? Iguanas are falling from their perches in trees. Wow. Temperatures dip below 40 degrees Fahrenheit early today. That's a good one. That immobilizes the green iguanas that are common in the region. What town, John? Uh, this uh, was in, uh, let's see, uh, South Florida. It doesn't have a town, really? just South Florida. That's not a good uh, sign. So they th- basically they freeze and they can't move. They're immobilized. They right. fall out of the tree on the ground. They're still immobilized. Huh. But... Uh, if they stay in the sun, yeah. they will thaw out. Sure, uh, That's a problem for some well-meaning residents, uh, because if you pick up the stiffened iguana and then it thaws out... And you're could, a postal worker. It, <laughs> it, it, it's your happy day. Right. It could, uh, Two it, for one. It could bite you. The that's what Ted Williams uh, wished for, isn't it? What's huh? that? To be frozen and then thaw. Yeah, yeah. chirogenics. Yeah, but his head remembers. Yeah, they're going to attach a frozen iguana. It fell off. I would. I'd leave it lying. How did you pick up a frozen iguana? No, 
Don't risk it. Those things are scary looking, man. John? Yes. Uh, Already? Are we done? Yeah. yeah. For now. For now. usually get to start this segment with a local story, but I, I do have a local story today. A driver with their eyes reportedly cast on a rainbow was injured yesterday when their vehicle rear-ended the back of a 40,000-pound milk truck in Belle Plaine. State Patrol spokesperson Lieutenant Tiffany Nelson said the incident occurred at around 4.31 in the afternoon on Highway 169 in Blakely Trail. The driver admitted to looking at a rainbow at the time of the crash. She was taken to the hospital in Arlington with what were termed as non-life-threatening injuries. The driver of the milk truck was not injured. Do we know what uh, what type of milk was being hauled in the milk truck? Was it skim milk, Rook? What do you think? Cho- uh, I think it might have been. Well, it's, if it was whole milk, it would have been a lot thicker. There's no rainbows in the winter. But more importantly, that's, that's what we want to know part. about sun what dogs. kind of rainbow it was. Double rainbow. Oh, my God. The sun dog rainbows, Kenny. Though. Yeah, it's one, one of those winter four. deals. Exactly. Right. Yep. Whoa, that's a full rainbow. All the way. Double rainbow. Oh, my God. Has wow. Jeff Sessions outlawed double rainbows yet? <laughs> Pretty bitter about this, aren't you, Kenny? Felipe Rodriguez. Don't bait me, John. I'm sorry. Felipe Rodriguez. Uh, this brings up the subject a couple years ago we uh, we talked about a lot. Felipe Rodriguez says he thought he was hallucinating when an eagle <coughs> snatched his, little, or his sister's little white dog from her yard, <laughs> flapped its massive wings, and disappeared over the trees. There you are, a nest full of collars. <laughs> See? Z- it's a true story. Zoe is an eight-pound Bashan taken by the raptor Tuesday afternoon, not 50 feet from his sister's house on the banks of the Lehigh River. And delivered it to the postman. I think it's Pennsylvania. <laughs> he just perched all like this. He dropped, the eagle dropped it, though. Oh, right? he got yeah. my order. <laughs> Rodriguez uh, said it was something like uh, something from the Wizard of Oz. I'm a city boy. I don't ever see this kind of thing happening. Lori Goodrich, biologist at nearby Hawk Mountain Sanctuary, said it has been documented before, but not very often. Says right now there's uh, scarce food and waterways are freezing up and raptors are looking for more food. Rodriguez said he was by himself at his sister's house about 80 miles north of Philadelphia and Zoe was in a fenced yard when he heard a loud screech, hurried to the door and looked out. (laughs) See you later. (laughs) Rodriguez said the bird was holding on to the dog and then it was gone. Oh, man. He drove around the neighborhood looking for the Bichon. Of course, the guy thinks of the Wizard of Oz, which is the witch holding a monkey. A monkey, exactly. Uh, His sister and family were devastated when they found out. This will have a happy ending, though. Hang on. Uh, Apparently, it's not unusual to see eagles, she says. You still doing the mailman story? No, no, this is a different one now. Uh, She and her husband uh, scoured the woods looking for Zoe's body. Zoe was rescued by 51-year-old Christina Hartman, who said she was driving on the snow-covered back road, spotted a furry white lump ahead, and pulled out to investigate. It was the dog, she said, frozen with icicles hanging and shivering. Oh, wow. <laughs> what the hell just happened? <laughs> she scooped up the whimpering pooch, wrapped her in a blanket, took her home, feeding the dog. <laughs> There's a postman right. joke coming. You know, the guy was just delivering the mail, and I didn't know what the hell happened. Uh, Joe, yes. the dog, had yeah. no collar on when she found mm. it. So, the eagle took well, the collar. in the nest. Oh, it's in the nest. nest full of collars. With all the other collars. They're pretty lucky right. because the first thing the, uh, those birds do is eat the head off. Yeah. And I, I'm right not away. kidding you really? at all. That's yeah. the very first thing they do is take the head off. I wonder why the dog was uh, free, John. Probably uh, must have shut up. Probably dropped it, huh? I would think. Yeah. I they had can a few... hold big animals. Yeah. And they're strong. 
Few missing patches of fur uh, on Zoe and some bruises. Not clear how far the eagle might have carried the dog, uh, but the dog will be fine, although the owner says... Uh, Zoe doesn't want to go out in the yard anymore. <laughs> how, how is the uh, how is the dog reunited with the owner? The uh, Facebook. I'm sorry, I, I, I left see. that part out. The woman who found it uh, started looking on Facebook immediately. Saw that the dog. Such, was uh, at one point, I was walking a trap line in my snowshoes with snow up to my uh, shoulders, and a, a hawk flew over with a muskrat in its mouth. Oh, yeah. I yelled at it. It frightened the hawk, dropped the muskrat. That muskrat did not have a head on it. Really? Ooh, yeah. Wow. It was really cool. It was it was fun. Yeah. Well, what did you do it. with the trap line? Uh, I, well. <laughs> He's going to punch him. I don't know what a trap <laughs> line is. Kenny's going to jump over there and strangle you, Rook. If you, if you go to YouTube, you can see these uh, videos of these big raptors in the mountains picking up, like, goats. They yeah. can pick up a deer. What? I mean, it's, yeah. cra- it's crazy. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty awesome. Uh, I got a story here. I wish Patrick was here for this one because Teresa Raleigh's been at a Michigan retirement community for the past 15 years and celebrated her 104th birthday on Monday. You know what uh, she says one of the keys is to her long life? Diet Coke. Diet Coke. That's correct. Really? She says, I drink it because I like it. She said she was going shopping, in fact, yesterday because she needed more Diet Coke. She said, I have a bag full of empty Diet Coke cans and I need to return to get more. She said she drinks at least one can of Diet Coke each day, and she well, thinks... that's nothing. Pat what? drinks about 10. Was the old gal actually driving herself? Well, that's my concern. She said she was going to the store. Who knows? Who's taking Oh, her? do I enjoy it? Oh, sure. I stretch my legs, my hands, yeah. <laughs> my toes. <laughs> Rowley said, uh, I'm surprised I'm 104. Uh, it doesn't seem like I should be that old. I figured when I turned 101, I'd pass away at any time. But I still haven't. So did we, Grandma. <laughs> Challenge to state fairs all around the country. <laughs> a half ton of butter has been transformed into a sculpture celebrating Pennsylvania's dairy industry, <laughs> heralding the start of the state's 102nd farm show. Ag Secretary Russell Redding said the sculpture unveiled highlights the careers and roles the dairy industry plays in the state. Sculpture features renderings of a cow and a farmer, an agronomist, a milk processor, and a shopper with a basket full of products. The butter came from waste scrap butter unsuitable for human consumption. After the show, the sculpture will be taken to a farm and turned into energy in a methane digesture. No butter is suitable for human consumption. You don't eat You're butter at all. Just dreadful. Get the butter. Dreadful. He called me. Remember that one Sunday you no called me we were having butter. pot roast yeah. and no mashed butter. potatoes? Yeah. And he made it a point to say, no gravy. And no butter. Right. You are the whitest cracker I have <laughs> ever met in my life. My what God. is wrong with you? Who comes Seriously. up with butter structures? What is? Who gets that That's idea? That happens at fairs. That happens here, fairs. too. Yeah. State fair here. Joe, do you, do you eat toast ever? Sure, with uh, jelly. With jelly, but not with butter. I no, like no mama butter. You're missing out. No butter. Interesting. You are a strange man. <laughs> Danish. Pudding. I don't like the concept. The con- uh, it's natural. There's no concept. Oh, yeah, it's greasy. Farmers eat it, and they live to be 95. Oh, that's because they eat bacon. <laughs> Which has no grease or any... <laughs> yeah, butter, that's, uh, that's not a bacon problem at all. Right, right. Uh, in Bangkok, Thailand, a clinic there has drawn 100 men a month to its uh, hmm, swimsuit area whitening service, if you know what I'm saying. Hmm? The, the Lelux Hospital. Like a crest Wait, white what? strip or something? Where do you put that? Lelux, Hus- Lelux Hospital, renowned for its body whitening expertise in a country obsessed with skin color, began offering the unconventional treatment six months ago after a male customer complained of 
dark parts on his groin. These mm. days, a lot of people are asking about it, according to... to set the clocks back. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! I told you. Lisa? The uh, manager, Buntita Watanasiri, said they get about 100 clients a month who come and ask the procedure. Uh, it uses a laser, laser whitening. Nope. Got wide play on Thai television and social media. And the purpose of this is what, John? Uh, to lighten, uh, lighten. The they do a lot of bleaching. Area? They do a yes. lot of bleaching uh, there. Exactly. Oh, that's, okay. There's a culture exactly. there. Right. It's a lot of lot of bleaching. They want to yep. look just like you, Joe. I don't so, know anything about that. Puntita yeah, says thing. said we have to be very careful because it's a very sensitive part of the body. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. She said they use a very small laser. That's enough. Yeah. Well, John, I don't know what to make of, of that. That's, uh, okay. that's that Thailand is where that uh, the the, uh, the gal was, was yeah, that right. now has discovered a oh, hairy shaver. Right, right. the time out. Myron Metcalf is filling in for Patrick on the ride. We've already met Caleb Truax, at least uh, we did by audio version. What else do you have coming up? Uh, obviously more Vikings, of course. We're going to talk some of that T-Wolves about what happened last night. I think that was a disappointing loss for them. Little Gophers basketball, they struggled a bit, got the win against a bad Illinois team. And, yeah, we'll go from there. The uh, Gophers, when I uh, glanced at it, uh, were up by five. Yep. And Illinois looked terribly serious about staying in it. Yeah. And then I didn't see the end. So they the, pulled Gopher, away. the Gophers must have got terribly serious about pulling away. They, they pulled away, but I mean, Illinois started one for 19. Really? And, and I felt like that was kind of the game where you can win by 20 and mm-hmm. they were struggling a bit. So hmm. Minnesota has some depth uh, issues right All now. Right. So. Uh, and uh, Timberwolves are in Boston. We don't know if that game will be played tomorrow night. Sounds like that snowstorm could cancel a lot of things. If they uh, hadn't gotten to Boston, yeah. we would have heard that. Well, all I know is if the crew is there and the teams are there, that they'll play. You know, I mean, I've been to a game that was like that in the snowstorm. Fifteen hundred ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. It's one.